1: To get started, visit plushcare.com weightloss. That's plushcare.com weightloss. As I record this on Wednesday morning, September 23rd, we are awaiting an announcement on whether or not the officers who murdered Breonna Taylor are going to be held accountable and responsible in any kind of way. And I use those words on purpose, accountability, responsibility, because it's hard to get justice. We often say holding these officers accountable for jail time or having them terminated is justice. But justice would be Breonna Taylor being alive. What we're fighting for really is accountability. Are you gonna be held accountable for the mistakes you made? We think an announcement is gonna come here in a few hours. I want to tell you more of what I've learned about the case. I'm going to try to unpack and explain it and tell you what we do next. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The the Breakdown. The the, 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 the Breakdown. The Breakdown. The Breakdown. Since I just recorded the introduction to the podcast, we did indeed get confirmation that there is going to be an announcement this afternoon. Probably by the time you hear this podcast, an announcement will have already been made about whether or not there's going to be any accountability for the officers who murdered Breonna Taylor. Now, I want to take a few minutes because we have focused so much on and i'm and i'm glad about this on Brianna Taylor as a human being as as not just as Brianna Taylor a a victim of police violence a victim of a no knock warrant um Brianna Taylor's story thankfully has been told uh from Beautiful images from throughout her life uh, to her her life as an essential worker and first responder, and her name and her likeness and her story is being told all over the world. But in the telling of her story, which is a good thing, and, and the sharing of her likeness and of her name, we have gotten away um, in some ways... From the reality of what happened to her and and what caused it and I just want to double down for a while and make sure that you fully understand why and how she was killed and what we do about it, not just for her, but for all people, not just like her, but from anybody who would ever be subjected to what she was subjected to moving forward. First and foremost, Breonna Taylor was literally a victim of the larger enterprise that we call the war on drugs. And if you've ever heard me talk about it, I talk about it in my book, Make Change. There really is no war on drugs. Drug use has not gone down at all. There is only a thing they call the war on drugs, which is actually a war on people. And it's not really a war on white people. It is primarily a war on black people, also black and brown people, on marginalized communities. And what we find is in the name of the war on drugs, Officers who don't really care about drug use, drug abuse, systems who don't really care about that because treatment is what people need when there's drug abuse and drug use. People need treatment and outlets and and they don't get that from incarceration. They don't get that from certainly don't get that from no knock warrants and they damn sure don't get it from police violence. In the name of the war on drugs and every study over and over and over and over again, you can Google this yourself, every study shows that white people from all economic rungs of the ladder use drugs at the same rate as black folk and studies show that white people sell drugs at the same percentage and level as black folk. But the war on drugs particularly targets black families, Latino families, immigrant families. But it it certainly targets in the city of Louisville black neighborhoods, black families, black households. And it does that, truth be told, all over the country. And what we've come to understand is that no-knock raids, which are often used in, in this justification of, we need to break into this home without them knowing that we're there because they may throw away evidence or may run away. Now, they don't use those no-knock raids in privileged communities where people are still buying and selling drugs in privileged zip codes In upper income zip codes. In fact, they are often buying a wider variety and more of those drugs. But they don't use those no knock raids in privileged zip codes and privileged wealthy neighborhoods. Police rarely use no knock raids in their own neighborhoods. And often, as we know, police officers are coming from out of town and out of the zip code that they police in. They're coming from one zip code to police in another zip code. And they don't use those no-knock raids in their zip codes. Why? Because they're dangerous. Because people often get killed who should never have been targeted in the first place, including children, including grandparents, the elderly, disabled people, including innocent men and women who didn't need to be there, and including people who may have been a part of some type of drug trafficking. But ultimately, basically get the death penalty in the name of a no-knock raid, in the name of the war on drugs. Brianna Taylor, more than anything else, was a victim of that. And it's sloppy, and it's careless. And what we know is that the Louisville Metro Police Department, on the day Brianna was murdered, that they were using no-knock raids all over the city. And the person that they claimed they were looking for when they raided Brianna's home had already been arrested. Number one. Number two, when they raided Brianna's home, we now know two things that is criminal. And maybe by the time you hear this, we will learn that they've actually done something about it. The information that they used to even obtain the no-knock warrant for Breonna Taylor was false and phony from top to bottom. One, uh, the person that they claimed that they were looking for had already been arrested in another raid. He did not live at that house. He did not stay at that home and was not there, period, point blank, end of story. But secondly, something much more nefarious happened, and they were cutting and pasting information from warrant to warrant, basically putting the same sloppy stuff on one warrant across town that they would put on another warrant across town. In other words, they were ramming into dozens of homes and just putting the same information there as if everybody was the same person. But to obtain the no-knock warrant from Brianna Taylor, we now know that someone in the Louisville Metro Police Department, or multiple people, because it had to be approved on several levels, said that the postmaster general, who in essence is the CEO of Louisville's postal system, confirmed for them that drugs were being shipped in and out of her apartment, only to have the postmaster general, Louisville's postmaster general, come out and say, I never said that. I never confirmed this. You never asked me and I never told you. And he said, if you asked me, I would have told you no, because we have no evidence that that was happening. And he also said, I am the only person who could have told you that. So whoever you said told you that it wasn't me and I'm the only one with the authority to tell you that. Who lied on that warrant? Why did they lie on that warrant? How many other warrants have they lied on? How many other times have they falsified information? So using false information, cutting and pasting information, falsely implicating that the postmaster general told them that drugs were being shipped in and out of that house, they then busted into her home in the middle of the night after a hard day's work when she was sound asleep and Kenny her her boyfriend who I've come to know and, and value and appreciate they were asleep and were terrified that someone in the middle of the night barged into their home and doing as we are told we are allowed to do Kenny fired a warning shot not knowing who had barged into their home and what their intention was that is literally the best possible use of a firearm is to protect your home when somebody breaks into it. That is exactly what he did. And police, multiple police officers, then unloaded their weapons, shooting and killing an unarmed, nonviolent woman who had nothing to do with anything. There were no drugs in the home no evidence that there had ever been drugs in the home and believe this believe what i'm about to tell you had there been a hint a speck a shadow a particle of drugs we had already known about it there was nothing there and i have seen the horrible bloody uh, crime scene photos and uh, and photos taken by private investigators of the scene after Brianna's body was moved out of uh, her apartment. What we know and why these officers should be charged, not only because they they went there on false pretense, but when they went there, they committed multiple crimes, firing their gun at an unarmed, nonviolent hero of a woman, literally an essential worker at the height of a pandemic. They fired their guns so recklessly that there were bullets found in the apartment to the left of them, not in the room, in in a different person's apartment to the left and in a different person's apartment to the right and in an apartment above them. They were just firing everywhere, willing to shoot and kill anybody they were going to shoot and kill. And they shot and killed somebody, all right. They shot and killed Breonna Taylor. Had they even shot and killed Kenny, it would have been wrong. But that's not what they did. They shot and killed Breonna Taylor. It's wrong. It's not just unethical and immoral. It is illegal. It is murder. It is criminal assault. It is wanton endangerment. Everything they did was reckless and dangerous, and it was based on false pretense. So, yes, these officers must be held accountable. If you heard me in the beginning, I am in a battle with the word justice because justice is about balancing the scale. And even though the city of Louisville gave Brianna's family a financial settlement, her family, I know I've met her family, they just want Brianna back. You could have kept the money, they want Brianna. So money doesn't balance the scale. The officers need to be held accountable. They need to be terminated. They need to be charged and convicted. That's some accountability. But what is justice when you murder someone's baby? What is justice for Kenny when you murder the woman that was the love of his life? What is justice for that man? Now, We can call it justice if that's what we're going to call it, but what we're looking for is some responsibility, accountability, and what we absolutely need to be fighting for all over the country is one brilliant, beautiful thing that has already happened in Louisville. Louisville now has a ban on no-knock rates, and every city and county across this country needs to do the same thing period, pointblank.com. I'm going to be waiting, just like many of you, and we're going to find out what happens today. Love and appreciate all of you. Take care, everybody. Break it
0: down. Hi, I'm Maria Elena Perez, and I'm the associate editor and podcast co-host for The North Star. As part of our Women Crush Wednesday series, the North Star is honored to highlight another amazing woman of color, using her voice to bring about change in her community. This week, TNS is thrilled to spotlight architect turned sustainable farmer, Tara Rodriguez-Bezosa. In her home of Puerto Rico, Tara founded El Departamento de la Comida, the Department of Food, to sell local and sustainable vegetables. El Departamento de la Comida, soon became a restaurant serving vegetarian meals made of locally harvested produce. When the restaurant was hit hard by Hurricane Maria, Tara launched El Fondo de Resilienza de Puerto Rico, Resilience Fund, and teamed up with the Queer Kitchen Brigade to sell canned food, seeds, and farming tools back to the island. Through a dedicated 24-month long action campaign, Tara has distributed seeds to local farmers built rainwater collection systems, donated tools, cooked meals, and more. We salute Tara for her commitment to make Puerto Rico resilient through food sovereignty and her dedication to her community. Be sure to visit our Instagram page at The North Star Media to learn more about Tara and why we're crushing on her and her amazing work. Hey, it's Nikki. And Maria Elena, host of the North Star's newest podcast, America the Voiceless, a podcast that's about the right to vote and the fight to vote. We believe that all Americans have a voice, but far too many Americans hit roadblocks when it comes to casting their votes. In America the Voiceless, we hear from lawmakers, historians, activists, and everyday people as we unpack the barriers some Americans have to overcome to make sure their voices are heard during the voting process. You can listen to a new episode of America the Voiceless every Thursday this fall. All episodes are available on the northstar.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts. America the Voiceless